Hello and welcome. This is Friend Request. I'm your host, Justin Lamb, and this is a casual conversation about New Year's resolutions and really just setting goals. Me and our resident therapist, Jenny Helms, uh, started a conversation about New Year's resolutions, and it quickly just kind of got into personal goal setting and why sometimes that fails and how we can really make smarter decisions about trying to kind of make better lives for ourselves. So I hope you guys enjoy this and get something out of it. And as always, you can send your feedback or follow or say hello at friend request pod on all social media or email me Justin's friend request at gmail.com. And you can follow Jenny Helms, uh, licensed clinical marriage and family therapist at Jenny Ann Helms. Enjoy the episode. So let, let's talk these resolutions. Um, you kept me at, at arm's length in, in my questioning, but do you have do you have any New Year's resolutions this year? Is that something you do on a regular basis? So I haven't for the last couple of years had spe- at least specific New Year's resolutions. And then this year, um, you know, my partner, <laughs> kind of like last minute on New Year's was like, okay, we're going to take out our phones and send a text message about our goals for the year, our relational goals, or this, like, it was so out of the blue, but it was super cute. And like, I appreciated his like that moment because yeah. he's not, I don't know. It just wasn't like something I was expecting. So it was like, okay, quick, come up with New Year's resolutions. So, Figure out the next year of your life now. Now. Yeah. So, I, so yes, yes, I guess is the correct answer. So this year I did. But the way it came about was kind of funny because it wasn't necessarily intentional. It was just um, a matter of having that communication and just kind of touching base about goals with my significant other. So, yeah. No, it was cool. And I was really excited. It was funny. He was like, all right, we're not going to press send until the other one's ready. So, like, we had them all, like, (laughs) mapped out. And I was like, this is awesome. So, yeah. I had uh, had a similar experience just in that – my wife was, she was very adamant about New Year's goals this year, or like New Year's resolutions this year. Um, but like early, she kept being like, you got to have some, like on the New Year's Eve, we're going to read each other's to each other and whatnot. And I was like, okay. And I, I waited and I waited. Because uh, like part of me, and we'll get into it, it's like resistant to the entire idea. Um, <laughs> but uh, I ended up, so then I was like, all right, I wrote down a couple and then like three more like vomited out of me because I was like oh yeah I do want to do some things and I ended up I'm going to share them because I I think they came I think they're good because they're okay they're more like if I don't do this I fucked something up this year um enroll at OU because I'm starting the master's of counseling program so that's a goal uh this year um use social media a measurably less amount perhaps one day a week which I'm currently doing uh this is this is my nerd one Anybody who may possibly find me attractive, turn the podcast off now. Uh, <laughs> run a Dungeons and Dragons campaign, probably through Zoom. Love it. Nice. Oh yeah, nice. I'm a. Uh, that's, that's an undertaking. I started it. Well, we start Tuesday, but I have the group together and I got everyone to agree to a schedule because that's the thing that always ends up killing the whole thing. Is like nobody can meet at the same time because we're all adults. Um, write a book. 
Nothing specific, but just start or continue any one of my many ideas and finish it, which I picked one of those and I started doing an outline for that. And I'm really like trying to do a specific outline as possible so I don't get caught up in like the drab of, oh, this is how am I ever going to do this or whatever that looks like. So we'll see. We'll see how that pans out. And the last one, which I think is my best one and more, most relatable one, send more birthday cards. Yeah. Wow. Okay, that's awesome. <laughs> I'd like to I like that one. Yeah, I'd like to remember people's birthdays more and like, you know, more obscure ones cuz even your friends not not every friend like gets a birthday card, but you know what? The hell else are we going to do during a pandemic? So, and last year I bought a bunch of birthday cards and they're just sitting in my office cuz I bought them all but then I only sent out like two. So, this is the year, damn it. This is the year of the birthday cards. This uh, is the year. <laughs> Before we get into the like mental health of, mental health of it all, I can't talk and that's fine. I wanted to read the this is according to the Healthy, which is a like website magazine with top New Year's resolutions, and it some of them are really obvious, but I'm just gonna run through these real quick. See if you relate to any. Um, get in shape, lose weight, enjoy life to the fullest. That seems a little broad. Spend lice, or spend lice, spend less, <laughs> save more. Spend more time with family and friends. Get organized. Learn something new. Travel more. <laughs> Not this year. Uh, break my smartphone addiction. Eat at home more. Drink less. Stop smoking. Reduce stress. Get more sleep. And my favorite, because fuck you, dental health, floss regularly. <laughs> I like that that's, that's one of the top one. ones. It makes me feel so much better about my years of poor dental hygiene in my 20s and teens um, yes no it's good i mean i still have to get myself to floss yeah i, I feel like we've talked about this oddly enough yeah. yeah but yeah no those are great um i did not i don't think any of those were on my list yeah. weird well but i think it's like i don't know like i the other thing, too, so it's interesting, I kind of did a little bit of like digging into some of the research and stats just to like remember. And none of these are like super official, like they're <laughs> different websites with like, you know, I don't know that they're like the official resources, but um, I just know that generally and what they were saying on these websites was most people don't keep their New Year's resolutions, yeah. right? And yeah. one of the things they were saying is likely the cause was how broad and unrealistic they can be and how much of a step they are from like how you're currently living. And so when we make those like, well, there's a lot of different like science around the brain and why like broad goals don't work, but also just like the loftiness of these goals too. Yeah. To go from one thing to like, I liked your goals because you had some pretty like specific time sensitive ones, um, that are pretty achievable. Um, and maybe, I don't know, like, how you would see it, but, like, so say you forgot one birthday. Like, would that be you not keeping your New Year's resolution, or are you, like, pretty good? Yeah, I feel like that's fine. <laughs> okay. So you have, like, grace with yourself. And, yeah. Uh, I mean, I took the step of, like, adding birthdays to my iPhone calendar, which apparently oh, you, like, awesome. have to do. It's a little checkbox within your calendar, Apple users. Go in your calendar and see if that box is checked. Otherwise, they're just not on there. Um, really? It's very strange. Huh. But, um, yeah, no, I, 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 that's one of the things that I wanted to talk about is like, I think part of failing them outside of like creating these crazy outlandish things 
Like if you're 300 pounds, you're like, I'm going to be 180 pounds by the end of the year. You're like, no, you're not. Um, <laughs> or I, you might be visiting me. Hello. Yeah. Um. <laughs> perfect. Perfect segue. If no, you feel like that, you no. might be struggling with an eating disorder. You right. I know. I And unfortunately, I mean, we laugh about it, but unfortunately oh, I've I'm had clients sure. that have been you know, significantly overweight and then, yeah, fallen into an eating disorder. And that is so not good. It's so not good. Right. Um, or even just like, honestly, we glamorize disordered eating. So that's anyway, total <laughs> tangent, but yeah. yeah, yeah, we have, we have an episode for that already. It's, it's pretty informative. <laughs> um, well, I looked at, and I also did some web searching as you did. Um, Psychology Today gave four reasons why New Year's resolutions fail which is your goals aren't clear. And I see that in a lot of the ones I listed, right? Like the most common ones, like enjoy life to the fullest. What the fuck does that mean? Yeah. Like what does that mean to you? Yeah. Yeah. Or on the note of you, um, you just mentioning like setting outlandish, crazy goals. uh, You feel overwhelmed. That's an easy one right there. Uh, You feel discouraged. Back to the birthday cards. Like if I start beating myself up for missing one, then probably not going to go back to it. Right. Or uh, the one I wanted to talk about the most, and I wanted to obviously get your opinion on, because just like professional opinion, um, is you're not ready to change. And I think that's like mm-hmm. the biggest thing, right? And that's my biggest mm-hmm. resistance to New Year's resolutions overall, is like, why are you waiting for January 1st to like do this thing? Um, yeah. And it's in my in my 20s. I would have I was all about like last hurrahs sort of deal. Like if you were going to quit doing something for a period of time or all together. It's like, oh, well, the week before or the night before or whatever. Like, if you're going to quit eating, I'm, I'm not going to eat fast food anymore. But, like, oh, that starts tomorrow. So tonight I'm going to go to McDonald's, like, nine fucking times. <laughs> like, the 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 big things like that, um, I think, are, are a little counterintuitive. I mean, is there any studies or research into that? Do you have an opinion on what, like, a last hurrah sort of deal? Because a lot of people do that, like New Year's Eve or that week leading up to it, if they're going to stop doing something, they're going to, they do it a bunch. Like a lot of people do dry January. And then, so they drink even more at the end of December because they're like, I don't know, got to like get get it out of my system. Yeah. I mean, I think I have more of a like clinical experience with just generally how we're not quite ready to actually make those changes or maybe our, our story is keeping us stuck. Um, And I would say the last hurrah already shows you that your mindset around changing this thing or like how you perceive it is needing a shift for sure. Like you need to work on it from a psychological perspective. Like it's a really good indicator that this might be psychological in nature. Like, cause for some people it is like, there is legitimacy that there is just some things they need to plan, get knowledge and information about, and they are ready for it. And it's very, um, but that's very few and far between, right? And so I think if you have the mindset of like, I'm going to go to McDonald's nine times and then suddenly not, you know, eat fast food and just the way your, your brain is kind of glamorizing it before you, you know what I mean? Like you're not, you're not really ready for it. Yeah. Like it's a big indicator you're not, and that's okay. I think you just have to be real about it. Right. Yep. Real about that mindset and how I think in your brain you've decided like there's it's so interesting how we'll do this thing where we're like, if I just do a lot of it right now, like weirdly, I'll just be able to do nothing. And, 
you know, completely changed my habits, right? That extremeness. Um, So just the way that your mindset is about it and the fact that you're making such a drastic change all at once without addressing the psychological components kind of tells me that, you know, I'm not a betting person, but if I were to be, (laughs) I would bet against you being able to keep that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, uh, the drinking thing is always funny because I've, even before I was sober, we, my wife and we would do dry January, um, for years Mm -hmm. and it's, but it's always funny because you still get like shit faced New Year's Eve, uh, whatever parties and everything. So then what do you always want to do on a holiday when you are hungover? It's like, I don't know, have some mimosas in the morning, maybe, or like, um, <laughs> yeah, the yes. hair of the dog yeah. situation. So it's huh. always like the hardest day to quit is the day after when you're hungover. So you almost have to like plan it better, um, just to succeed in that itself <laughs> probably plan it better yes yeah. but i guess yeah. so at yeah. this point this is airing on january 18th so just under like three weeks from people starting uh, i think mm-hmm. statistically a lot of people have already dropped off right i think it's like yes. the first two weeks yeah. right or something so it's like the second that. like i don't know why this was thrown out there but they said the second friday okay <laughs> of january <laughs> most yeah. people are already so by now yeah. you're probably yeah you're probably already done so the people that are discouraged and dropping things that are probably positive i mean i feel like the intention is always positive yeah. um what uh i guess like what are some good kind of like self-talk or practices as far as not beating yourself up and not you know like if i want to quit smoking and then after two weeks, I started smoking cigs again, but I still want to quit. But I, now I'm like, oh, I'm a loser because I can't even do it in two weeks. So, like, I'm just wondering what the what some suggestions are for people that might be in that mind frame. Not necessarily, obviously, about smoking, but whatever their resolution might be. Yeah. So we there's a there's two different things to this. So I'm a big believer in shame resilience and we know just from a, if, even if um, you want to be a jerk to yourself and you have all these other reasons for doing that, we know in the research that shaming ourselves doesn't actually end up in us having behavior change. Like in fact, it keeps us stuck in our older behaviors more so. And just for that reason, I think it's, logically not an effective strategy but when i think about it more so like i do think it's important we don't have shame throughout this process because it's not effective um and because i mean you know there's there's bigger roots to that too where it could really erode at our self-respect and self-esteem um the other piece that i'm thinking is they are probably not ready to make that change yeah um right psychologically not ready to make that change and I think that's important for people to understand. Like you are not maybe in a space to do that yet. Like maybe there's a reason you still need that in your life right now. Or maybe your story around other things is keeping you stuck in that pattern behavior and it's fueling something you need or it's like it's your default system right now. Yeah. And so you can willpower your way through maybe a week or two. But it's a limited resource, and once the brain takes over and it needs that thing in its life to fill some certain need or there's some psychological stories around that, meaning-making around that, um, that's a big part of why people can't make those big changes. I'm also wondering, too, um, and this is something 
just from personal experience that I, I've seen a lot in myself and, and others is the the like physical things that they want to change. So whether it's like uh, alcohol intake, cigarettes, um, just touching on some of the common ones here, eat at home more, uh, get in shape, lose weight. I mean, anything that, that has a physical consequence, um, I feel like more thought needs to go into what's going to happen when that thing that you're getting rid of is removed or like when something else is added in uh, like if you're gonna quit drinking stock up on sparkling water like look at a non-alcoholic beer is like um make sure like you can forgive yourself for eating a bunch of candy and sweet stuff because you're gonna do that like scientifically that's gonna happen right and you might gain some weight <laughs> like a lot of stuff uh was quitting smoking too like you might gain some weight and I feel like people are just like, no, I'm just not going to do that thing anymore. And they aren't thinking of the substitute that they need to put in place, at least temporarily, to fill that <laughs> void. Uh, right. Or or simply setting up their environment for success, yeah. right? Because people talk about, like, food changes too, but it's like, like any person. And I'm not, like, anti-eating certain foods, but I definitely have foods in my life that, like, if I have it next to me, I'm probably going to eat all of it. Yeah. Fucking donuts, Jenny. <laughs> if you want to or not, right? Cause, and biochemically, some foods are engineered that way. And that's it's not that I never eat those foods, but I'm thoughtful about it. Like, I know that, like, hey, you'll put that beside me. I'm going to eat the whole thing. So if you're, like, if part of your goals is, like, not having that every day, then don't have, like, seven of them in your pantry. You know? <laughs> like, it's just, like, I know yeah. it sounds so silly, but, like, you would be surprised at how many people – don't do that. Um, but I think what I want to touch on, and I don't know if I'm taking this a direction you don't want it to go, oh, but like, um, I, I would think more about like, so when people are trying to quit drinking, um, or they're trying to quit other things that are just stereotypically very hard, hard things to break. Um, you have to understand what it's doing for you currently. Like why, how it's actually helpful, even if you're like a problem drinker or even if you have, it's been creating awful things in your life. Like there are really bad consequences to whatever you're doing. Yeah. You still have to think about the ways that it's actually serving you and it's helping you because that's really going to be like, until you figure that out, you're going to be so confused as to why you continuously go back to it and like beat yourself up about it. And if that's unresolved, right? Like if we don't, meet the needs or whatever it's doing to help us yeah. in another way. Like there's no way that we're going to be able to shift into something different. Well, and that's, that's kind of the root of why I thought this would also be a good topic with you is <laughs> this, is, and this is what like therapy brain, but I feel like there's something behind all of the things, anything you make a resolution about, there's something behind it, right? Like um, if it's an exercise thing, maybe like, Maybe you don't like how you look and like to an unhealthy degree, right? Like maybe you just don't like yourself and you think doing that's going to change that. Or just like maybe there's bigger things underneath that you're not ready or willing to deal with. And so you want to just fix this surface thing. I see you nodding. Yes. So I think I'm on the right track. <laughs> 110%. Yes. Yeah, but, Especially with substances. Yeah. Like, neuro, like if you look at the neurobiology of it, um, especially if you've had trauma, and different things, which by the way, I'm, I'm a weirdo that believes everybody's had some form of trauma, little T, big T, whatever. Um, so there's that, um, and there's different scopes of it, but, yeah. um, but because of that, it, it, 
especially certain types of trauma can really change the way that our brain develops and different things that it's like biochemically needing and craving. And if we don't feel like we can meet those needs in our social environment or in other ways that we can't meet it for ourselves, which commonly we can, we've just never been taught to and never had that experience. So we just don't know how to do that. Um, We can sometimes rely on substances and even food to to biochemically fulfill that need, even things like oxytocin, like affection and connection. Like if we feel lonely and isolated, we can get those needs met through substances. Um, And again, I'm not saying that's the way to meet those needs. I'm just saying (laughs) that's how people do. Um, You know, things like being able to regulate their nervous system that's chronically um, in that sympathetic state and pumping out cortisol substances that can be awesome for that. Or if we don't pump out enough cortisol and we have like irregularities in our ability to like, you know, get ourselves motivated and and doing other things, we can also regulate that with substances. So like, you know, that's kind of a more clear cut example of like, you know, you can't just take that substance out of your life and expect you to just magically be able to regulate that and get your needs met. Yeah. I agree. So there, there's that. Um, (laughs) Sometimes too, it also requires like that deeper trauma work, which takes time. Yeah. Um, because if you don't resolve that stuff, like, I guess I like have a lot of empathy for people. Like there's no way that you're going to, like, people are trying to survive. They're trying to get through things and we all have our weird ways and things and different like strategies we've chosen. And I still have some, like, there's still things in my life that I'm like, yep, I need to work on that. And for whatever reason, I'm not, I'm still not currently ready to face that and deal with it. Yeah real talk right um but i think having that lens helps us have more empathy for ourselves and others when they set like what is well intentioned to be these amazing goals and like they want to take out what's really causing damage and harm in their lives and they're not able to do it yeah so everybody who is listening that made a new year's resolution that resolution should have been begin to see a therapist and tell your therapist what your new year's resolution was going to be. Oh my God. Well, and it's so funny because I'm like, I, I mean, maybe there are other, there are definitely other ways of going about that. Like that you don't have to just do therapy, but that's like the best, that's the best way I know is like finding a really good therapist that understands trauma. So where are you at with, uh, I, I guess advice, um, with, I don't know how I want to phrase this. I don't know. Following through on some of these, like I'm just reading some of these and thinking, I don't know, start small. And we kind of touched on that right at the beginning where it's just like doing too big a things or wanting to do too big a things. And I'm thinking of like specific friends and stuff where I see like get in shape. I was like, all right, go for a walk once a day or a couple times a week or like anything is a victory. Right. I mean, I'll I'll share. I wanted to exercise more because I, the gym was closed and then when the gym opened i was like yeah that seems like a freaking covid petri dish so i didn't still didn't go to the gym and uh finally broke down and bought a treadmill i know not everyone can do that but like you can still walk outside but i i was i then i still was not getting the motivation i wanted to like get on the treadmill that often so i started playing a video game i like while on the treadmill not necessarily the safest behavior, but I'll knock out like three miles and just playing my game without really noticing time pass. Cause 
pick one of those activities like watching a TV show or anything you do where you don't really notice the time passing and just walk while you're doing that because even walking is a small step in the right direction. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm just I'm just trying to think of advice for people that that to continue. So maybe they maybe they're at the point, you know, 3 weeks in where it is working out and they did pick something normal. <laughs> what like how to stick with it at this point. Cuz yeah. I what so, do, like, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to ask what do you think about the age-old adage that like a habit for 3 weeks and is it broken now? How does that work? Do you know what I'm talking about? Like if you do something continuously for three weeks, it's supposed to be like a habit at that point. So it, I think it all has context. If it doesn't have deeper psychological roots as to why you were doing the initial behavior, then yeah. But I, 21 days is not enough time for somebody who, um, struggles with like substance use or misuse um, or things like that. But like, I think there is some science as as far as like your brain starts to just myelinate new pathways and that like, that's a good, um, what do they call it? Benchmark. So I wouldn't, you know, write that off. I mean, I think it's important to celebrate those small wins, right? Those small things along the way, because people can forget about that. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, outside of like doing the deeper trauma work, I think, like we said before, so your environment matters, like setting yourself up for success environmentally by having like making it easy for yourself as easy as possible. Right. Or another thing you mentioned, which is awesome, because that's that's a trick that people use too, is like tying it with something you really enjoy that you know that you're not going to give up um, is good too. Cause you're like, Hey, if I tie this in, so like some people will tie things into like certain parts of their day that are already habits. Um, and that helps too, because they're like, now it's associated with something that is ingrained. Right. So that's useful. Um, I think one of the other bigger things that I like to get people to work on too, is I think it's important that your goals, okay. It's going to sound cheesy, but I call them goals with soul because, a lot of goals are very like superficial and kind of out there in the like, oh, this sounds good or I think this is a good thing to do. But it's like, how is this actually in alignment with your values and like yeah. who you are as a person? Because if you make a goal tie into your identity and tie into your values, you're much like you're much more likely to stick with it than if it's this ethereal like. Like, again, I hate it when people are like, oh, I'm going to lose weight. And it's like, for why? But why? Like, why does that even like, what is that going to do for you? Right. Or, or, and sometimes people find that they actually have to shift their goals around because they're tying some, like this idea of like achieving a goal yeah. to like, they're like, they're going to be happier or it's going to help them in their relationships or things that it, it is actually not tied to. And so it's really fascinating to see how, like, if they go down that pathway, they start to realize, like, actually, this goal isn't that important to me. Yeah. Like, it's what I think it will do for me. Well, that's, I hear about that a lot in any number of podcasts I listen to, where just a lot of people that they hit the goal of being, like, famous or making millions of dollars or something, and their whole life they've told themselves, like, oh, when I achieve that, then I'll be, then I'll be happy, then I'll, like that'll be my pinnacle and then they get there and they're like oh i feel the same as i did you know two years ago or eight years ago or ten years ago because they're not actually focusing on what they want to be happy they're just focusing on that material thing or physical thing yeah 
Yeah. Can I give an example of this, of like how I've done it in my own life? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Um, so like one of the big things for me, so when I, after I was done like full recovery with eating disorder stuff, it was super important to me that when I did work out that it wasn't tied to like the shitty things that it was tied to before, like calories and what I look like and blah, blah, blah. Um, and so it's funny cause I've always, in, I've, I have always had a history and enjoyed like working out and moving my body. We are um, very different in that way. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's funny how people are wired differently for that. But yeah, I've always enjoyed that regardless. And I wanted to make sure it was like definitely disconnected from that. But more so, I wanted it to make it like make sure that it was really tied to me and my values and wasn't just this idea of like, oh, you do it because it's a good thing to do. And it's for your health even like not that doing things for your health is bad, but that's not like that's not truly for you, if that makes any sense. Like it yeah. doesn't make it fun or like about your essence or your being. And, and so with CrossFit, um, I really wanted to make sure that when, if I was going to do something that it really aligned with like my values and what I care about. And so for me, the things I love about CrossFit is like, it's super humility building. Like, and I know it sounds weird, but like it helps me stay humble and it helps me stay challenged. Cause I do like, I feel like I'm a person that something I really, that motivates me is continuous growth. Yeah. And in a weird way, it's so humbling. Cause like, especially when you first start and even now, like I, there's so many things I suck at and it's great. Like it's a good thing. Like it's, it's something, it's nice to be challenged and to know that like you can do hard things. Like it builds that sense of grit. Yeah. And so one of the things that has transferred outside of CrossFit too is like when I do hard things and I've worked hard on something I really suck at and I finally like break on through, um, it builds my confidence outside of the gym too. So it like kind of aligns that like idea of like, again, helping me with that mentality of confidence that I can do hard things um, with grit. I also like the idea of women being strong. Like I'm just going to put it out there. I know people are like all about, you know, I'm not like, I'm an, I'm an, what I like to call a humanist. So I'm not like, I did identify as feminist for a while and maybe I still do, but I think there was this third wave of feminism that was like hating on dudes and I'm not about that. Yeah. Um, so anyway, but I really do believe in like women being in positions of like being strong and showing their strength and like that being a part of um, what women can be as well. And so CrossFit was one of the few sports where women get just as much attention as guys do Yeah. as far as like, you know, probably what my ass that's for sure. (laughs) And well, and it's like, even just like in the sport of it, like, so, you know, when you look at sports, of course, women play basketball and, but they don't get as much, um, they don't get as much money. They don't get as much, um, coverage and CrossFit. That's not the case. Like it's one of the few sports that it's like actually pretty much equal. Um, and in fact, some people have joked that sometimes the women get more, um, not, and I don't think it should be that way. I think it should just be what it is, but like, (laughs) I don't know, basically long story short, I liked, I liked those components. And because of that, like, I think that's the only reason I've been able to stick to it, even though it is very humility building and like hard and, um, but it's also fun. Like it's, I enjoy, I enjoy the challenge. I enjoy that piece. Um, So anyway, I mean, yeah. So I, I don't feel have like to, that's like, the most motivate. important thing, right? Like you enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't have to like trick myself and I, and there's community too. So there's that piece, but like, I don't have to like trick myself to go to the gym or anything. Like it doesn't have to be like set my pants out and make sure everything's <laughs> ready to, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, it's going to happen even if I 
you know, wake up 30 minutes late, like I'll yeah. probably still go do it at some other time if I can. I mean, I'm not going to be unreasonable about it, but it's like, yeah, yeah. See, Does that I make am, sense? yeah. And I am, I'm the opposite. Um, <laughs> cause uh, it's funny. I, I exercise and I don't like, I say exercise and a lot of people, like when I talk to some of my friends that are like just as sedentary as I am, when I say exercise, they think I mean like lifting weights and running and, and I'm like, no, no, I'm talking about like walking even. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and the only, the only thing that motivates me other than like, I don't want to die <laughs> is ever, anything, any ailment that I have, my autoimmune disease, um, really, really anything. If you look up like how to improve your lifestyle or, or cut down on inflammation in my case, or like whatever, whatever the thing is, the first two things on any list for anything, all of this starts with diet and exercise. And, and if you look at exercise under the list of any of those things, it is just like, go like, walk moderately for 20 minutes a day or 30 minutes a day, like do something. And that's, that is my motivation. And I don't think it fits in line with what you were saying earlier. Like there's not, you know, a lot of people want to lose weight for something like, I want to be able to like run around with my grandkid or something, right? Like maybe they're, that's their goal. And that feels like a good goal. But for me, it's just like, I don't, I don't want to die. So I guess like I better exercise. Um, and that's so why, I, yeah, go can ahead. Can I pause you there? And I'm not here to say that, like, yeah, I don't know what my opinion is on that. <laughs> I'm going to not go down that rabbit hole because I don't, I don't want to say an opinion I don't know that I believe. Um, I will say, though, I even the whole, like, I want to run around with my grandkids, like, I'm not saying that's not legit or even what you're saying, but I would say those are still not tied to your identity and values. Well, I know mine isn't. That's the okay, kind yeah, of the yeah. point I was, I was gonna, gonna say. Make. Like to me, like I, yeah, I was like, I don't. It makes sense to me that it's not. It doesn't sound exciting when you talk about it. <laughs> like I'm just real talk. Like I'm like, okay, yeah, totally. Yeah, no. I'd feel the same way. Like I'm totally playing video games while I <laughs> walk on. The yeah, I mean, treadmill. the exciting part is like you do. I mean, the rea- the reality of it is you you will mm-hmm. feel better, right? Like yeah, and. So that that's really the the end game of that. Exercise is a, is a tough one. And I feel like it's like the biggest thing in the list of, of resolutions, which I like, by the way, I've noticed you've used the word goals a lot more than resolutions. And I feel like that's a better way to look at it. I could be. Oh, picking... I didn't even know I was doing that. <laughs> well, and, and, but that's that's what they should yeah. be, right? Like resolutions yeah. feel so like old timey and inappropriate. Like I resolve to not, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, when I feel like they should be evaluated, like, I mean, just gen, just if you're setting yourself up for success, they should be reevaluated more than once a year. Like, yeah. if you, like, cause there are so many reasons you might have to shift something or like you might reach your goal and actually have achieved it. And then it'd be cool maybe to try something different or new in that area if you want to. Right. Like, so I don't know, maybe quarterly goals is maybe more. Yeah. Still, that's still okay as we're talking about this i won't lie though as i say it it sounds so boring it sounds so like clinical even though there's like there is data that supports doing things regularly like that or like setting goals regularly like for me i don't even know that i have a structure 
to how I set goals like that. So as I say it, I'm like, it needs to be like addressed, but it doesn't have to be formal. Um, last thing I want to talk about in relation to this is support system. Mm, anytime, anytime you want to do any of this, right? I'm so glad you brought this up. Um, because that's another thing I don't think goes into the thought process in the beginning of like, I want to do dot, dot, dot. Um, yeah. So I, yeah, I, you got excited. So what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. So, okay. So one of the funny things that I, cause originally I didn't realize this until I had gone through grad school and, and was trained to see things more systemically um, that when Sometimes we have goals and we can actually be achieving them. But if somebody in our life, like if it's disrupting them, because sometimes when we achieve these goals, we actually create change in what we call the system and that like family system, that couple system, like you're creating change. Like things are not going to be homeostasis anymore. Yeah. Can be perceived as a threat sometimes. (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah. And actually in any system, like, across the board in the, in just the biological world and in family systems theory, like when there's change, good or bad, there's resistance. Like naturally, like that's just a scientific like thing that occurs. And so it's almost important that like, I think sometimes people think their significant others and other people in their life are always going to support them getting healthier or going through therapy or whatever. And sometimes they really don't. And there's a lot of resistance to that. Um, And yeah. So anyway, I've seen how that plays out over time. And I think people don't even think about that piece. Like they just set a goal. They're like, I'm going to do this. They never even consider how that's going to impact their family system, how they'll respond to them, like if they may sabotage it or not. Um, Yeah. 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 I I see that a lot in substance related stuff where. People are like, I'm like, I'm gonna quit smoking weed, but I'm still gonna go over to my buddy's house where everyone smokes weed and plays cards every day. <laughs> like, you're probably not gonna quit smoking weed, buddy. <laughs> like, yeah. It, yeah. Uh, or, or your partner not maybe your partner and your relationship with your significant other, if you heal from a substance abuse thing, might shift and change, and you may the relationship may actually not survive it. Yeah. And so sometimes people stay; they're more loyal to the relationship than recovery. And so they'd rather stay sick and be in their relationship than heal. I completely agree. And it's, it's hard. And I think there's probably a lot of people that any of the quitting things, uh, whether it's, you know, eat fast food less or stop smoking or drink less or um, maybe even something as much as floss regularly. Like if your partner, your live with partner is not uh, supportive in the way of either like, not necessarily doing the same thing as you just to be like, I'm going to change my behavior to make, cause that you start venturing into codependence and stuff. But, um, there's a way to be supportive in that role, right? Where, where you're not just like throwing what this person's trying to stop doing in their face. <laughs> and, True. I mean, I have a and friend. Or... That, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say my, a couple of friends of mine, like they're married and they both smoke. Right now, I don't think either one of them are smoking, but they've gone back and forth quitting. And, and it's like, if you both want to quit, you guys should just like quit together. <laughs> or like, if one of you is quitting, the other one should like start smoking outside or something. Like, I don't know. There's there's supportive things you can do, uh, especially if it's something as unhealthy as like cigarette smoking or um, any other number of things. 
Yes. Well, I'd say yes and. I would also challenge. It's an improv yeah, group. Yeah, and I would also <laughs> challenge that the individual needs to make it very clear that they're not, that they're going to make this change regardless of the validation of their partner. Because yeah. I've seen couples where one person smokes and the other one doesn't, and yeah. like they've made change, but they've had, they've had to do it with the mindset of like, my partner's not going to validate me. And I have to be okay with that. And that sometimes sucks because you really want that support and like from them. And we all need support, but I'm just saying it may not be from them specifically. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's tough. Um, and I, I don't want to branch off into just smoking because I, I smoked for 10 years, so I, I can relate. But I, I mean, stuff like that, uh, you know, people don't give credit to the mental habits that we have associated with the bad habits. And so when there's just triggers all around you all the time, uh, it's going to be really hard to quit. Um, and you just gotta have, you gotta be prepared for that. I chewed on a freaking marker cap for like three months when I quit smoking. <laughs> I just needed something in my mouth at all times. That's what she said. Yes. Um, um. <laughs> <laughs> seems, well, that seems like a good place to end it. <laughs> to wrap things up. Um, no, yeah, I, yeah, it's, it is tough. And I think like you said, like having, I mean, just, I feel like, I know it sounds a bear of bad news, but I tell people to expect it to be hard, I guess, to expect people to not, I mean, if they do support you, that's awesome. But like expect resistance. And I mean, we'd love for some couple systems are super supportive and, and helpful and, um, you know, and sometimes our partners can't help us with that at that time. So, yeah. Yeah. Relationships. We'll save that for another episode. Um, (laughs) Yes, that'd be great. That'd be great. Well, again, thank you so much. And oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say good luck to everybody on their New Year's resolutions. Yes. Or goals, if you will. (laughs) Your goals the soul. Yeah. (laughs) It's never too late to pick it up. If you did screw something up, just go back into it. Don't you don't have to wait for January first to do something with your life.